How to live a good life. Jesus said, Whatever you do to the least, you do to me. But who are the least? On a Monday evening, January 22nd, 1973, nearly 50 years ago, I had just turned 14. I was a freshman in high school, and I'm from a large Irish Catholic family, the middle child. On this evening, my mother's uncle, my great uncle, had gathered us together for a belated Christmas gathering. I happened to be standing near the elevator when my great uncle exited. He, he was larger than life. He was first generation Irish American and he had lived the American dream. As he exited the elevator, he announced breaking news. The Supreme Court has just legalized abortion. I was devastated. Abortion in America? The next day, the front page of my hometown newspaper, the leading headline read, Catholic leaders assail court on the abortion decision. The leading prelate in the United States, Cardinal Kroll, Archbishop of Pennsylvania, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where we were preparing for the bicentennial, said, this is an unspeakable tragedy. This cuts to the basis of a civilized society. I offer the following observations in faith, hope, and charity, and with the help of our Blessed Mother, the Mother of Life. Faith, the foundation of freedom. G.K. Chesterton observed, America is the only nation that was founded on a creed, and that creed is set forth in the Declaration of Independence. All are equal in their claim to justice. Governments exist to give them that justice. The Declaration of Independence certainly does condemn atheism since it clearly names the Creator as the ultimate authority from whom these equal rights are derived. Our creed is under assault. We face an age-old enemy, the spirit of the world. And the spirit of the world always opposes the spirit of truth. St. Paul tells us, For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness with the evil spirits in the heavens. The Supreme Court's decision to legalize abortion is profoundly wrong. We are endowed by our Creator with inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we hold these truths to be self-evident for all, including the least among us. And Mary, the mother of life, is with us. She is the warrior queen. She always points us to her son, who is the way, the truth, and the life. 
And a century ago, she appeared to three children in Fatima, Portugal. She urged them to pray, especially the rosary. She showed them the brutal reality of hell. She told them that if the world did not turn away from sin, Russia will spread its errors. On her final appearance, October 13, 1917, she was accompanied by St. Joseph, who was holding the divine child. The Holy Family is the model for all of us. On this same day, October 13, 1917, in Moscow, Russia, a very different scene unfolded. A teacher was teaching catechism to children, about 200 children, in a chapel named in honor of Our Lady and located at the entrance to Moscow Square. Now, this chapel was constructed about 300 years earlier as a place to honor an icon to Our Lady, and that icon had all sorts of miracles associated with it. Russia's rulers had prayed in this chapel for centuries. As she proceeded to teach the children, suddenly, revolutionaries on horseback burst through the front door, trampled down the center aisle, and began murdering the children. The teacher ran in terror to the closest police station. She explained what was happening through tears, and the police officer responded, I know, I sent them. Russia imploded. It became the first atheist state, the first Marxist state, and the first nation to legalize abortion. A nation that does not honor God will not honor man. Faith is the foundation of freedom. The second observation, hope, truth triumphs. In his second encyclical, Pope Benedict XVI issued an encyclical entitled Saved in Hope on the feast of St. Andrew, the patron of Russia. And this is what he said. Human life is a journey. Certainly, Jesus Christ is the true light, the sun that has risen above all the shadows of history. But to reach him, we also need lights close by, people who shine with his light and so guide us along our way. Who more than Mary could be a star of hope for us? With her, yes, she opened the door of our world to God himself, in whom God took flesh, became one of us, and pitched his tent among us. After graduating from high school, I attended the University of Notre Dame and then the University of Notre Dame's Law School, and I was taught by the finest pro-life law professor this nation has ever produced. His name was Dr. Charles Rice, he was a faithful Catholic, a loving father of a large Irish Catholic family, a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps, and a master teacher. My final year of law school corresponded with the 10th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. I dedicated my final paper to making the case for the unborn. I incorporated everything that I had learned from Dr. Rice 
and I consulted secondary sources. And one book entitled Aborting America stood out. It was written by Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Who was Dr. Nathanson? He played a leading role in the elimination of all laws against abortion. He was in charge of the largest freestanding abortion facility in the world. And he was personally, personally responsible for 75,000 abortions. And he developed a strategy that he called the Catholic strategy. He would later call this strategy the most brilliant political strategy of all time. He convinced Catholics that you could be personally opposed to abortion and publicly supportive. Today, some of the most powerful pro-abortion politicians are Catholic. And national candidates who support abortion generally receive approximately 50% of the Catholic vote. In 1974, a year after Roe v. Wade, ultrasound technology became available in the United States. It provided a window to reality. Dr. Nathanson began to see the unborn as his second patient. He stopped doing abortions in 1978, and he spent the next 33 years of his life advocating for the unborn. A year after I graduated from law school, I attended a meeting of a small group of people who were invited to watch a film narrated and produced by Dr. Nathanson. Dr. Nathanson utilized ultrasound technology to capture the brutal reality of a first trimester abortion. The abortionist, upon seeing that footage, walked away from the industry. He never performed an abortion again. Dr. Nathanson screened the film for President Ronald Reagan in the White House. And President Reagan said, if every member of Congress could see that film, they would move quickly to end the tragedy of abortion. Dr. Nathanson sent a copy of that film to every member of the House, every member of the Senate, and every member of the United States Supreme Court. Now, this was nearly 40 years ago, but the film is as relevant today as it was then. It can be seen on YouTube without any charge. It's entitled The Silent Scream. Approximately five years later, now it's around 1989, I was invited by a senior member of our law firm to assist with a medical malpractice case. We represented a family whose son suffered severe and permanent injury during the birthing process, and I was asked to travel to New York City because the opposing counsel would be taking the deposition of our expert witness, Dr. Bernard Nathanson. I wondered what he would be like. Well, he gave an amazing uh, witness, amazing testimony. It enabled us to settle the case favorably for the family. But he was not at peace. He was cold and dismissive, and he was lost. Time passed, another eight years. Now it's 1997, and I noticed in our paper that Michigan Right to Life had as its keynote speaker Dr. Bernard Nathanson. 
he had become Catholic. And he had written a new book entitled The Hand of God. He, he gave an extraordinary uh, speech that night. He deeply regretted his role in deceiving America and he underwent an amazing transformation. Uh, uh, there's hope for all of us. Truth triumphs. The, the third and final observation, charity, Mary, the mother of life. St. Mother Teresa once said, any country that accepts abortion is not teaching its people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. Abortion has touched so many lives, more than 60 million abortions in the United States since 1973. That's more than the entire population of New York and California combined. Millions of women and men are suffering. Abortion undermines everything. Law, we profess equal justice under the law, except for the unborn. Medicine's first rule is to do no harm. Abortion is the ultimate harm. Education exists to teach truth, beauty, and goodness. Abortion terminates truth. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people, except for the unborn. Abortion is the leading cause of death in the United States and the world. The core of our crisis is the rejection of truth, and the answer is charity in truth, an authentic Catholic strategy. God is love woven in every fiber of creation. The truth is abortion ends the life of an innocent human being. Abortion is always wrong. We never have the right to do what is wrong. The killing of an unborn child is intrinsically evil. The truth is abortion is unconstitutional. The Declaration of Independence expresses our creed, the why. The Constitution is a blueprint for good government, the how. How to live a good life. How to build a healthy community. How to advance human flourishing. And the 14th Amendment honors the inalienable rights of all. They exist because we exist, and from the moment we exist. Any other point would be arbitrary, which is the opposite of justice. Inalienable rights are the basis of a civilized society. Dr. Nathanson repented and reconciled, so too can America. Because we are grounded in the natural law, as set forth in our creed, the Declaration of Independence. Natural law is the objective standard of right and wrong. It's built into our nature by God and knowable through reason. And natural law's timeless truths, well, they're expressed through our inalienable rights, the self-evident rights. They provide the basis for a course correction. That's worth repeating. That natural law's timeless truths as expressed through our inalienable and self-evident rights provide the basis for a course correction. <sighs> they enabled us to overcome wrongly decided Supreme Court decisions concerning slavery and segregation. Surely, 
They will enable us to overcome a wrongly decided Supreme Court decision concerning abortion. Professor Rice fought the good fight to the end. His final book, published just a few years ago and a few months before he passed away, concludes with these words. This is a great time to be here. We have the truth in the person, Jesus Christ. Our nuclear weapon, however, is prayer for our country and for our church, especially through the intercession of Mary, the mother of life. Let's resolve to live by authentic liberty, freedom ordered to the good, consistent with what is true and noble, corresponding to what we ought to do. Let us pray in spirit and truth, pray the daily rosary, a powerful meditation on the life of Christ, pray for equal protection for all, including the least among us, and pray for an end to abortion, pray for healing and human flourishing. And let's work together as pro-life partners, seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. We are one nation under God. That's the heart of the matter. May Mary, the Immaculate Conception, patroness of the United States, guide us. May St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, inspire us. And may God bless America with an outpouring of supernatural grace, now and forever. Thank you. Thank you.